TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Way back and gone. Touch them all. It's Touch Them All. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying Touch Them All. Hey everyone, it's Phil Mackey. And before Derek Wetmore and I dive into the latest episode of, I was going to say Touch Them All, but this is going to be a new episode of a Score North Twin Show here, which we're going to unveil in just a moment. We're actually recording this from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. That's right. I feel like there's a blend between baseball fans and golfers. You're not a huge golfer. Not a big golfer, no. I think there's a big crossover from hockey fans and golfers, too. Yeah. And that's that's the Venn diagram. Hockey players and baseball players seem to be the best professional athletes when it comes to golfing. Uh, I love golf. I'm terrible at golf. I rarely break, break 90. But uh, we're doing this show from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, which is running, if you're listening, uh, the weekend of February 8th, 9th, and 10th. It's running all weekend at the Minneapolis Convention Center, Hall B. Full details at minnesotagolfshow.com. And anybody who makes a putt in front of the Score North stage between now and Sunday the 10th is entered to win a foursome to Troyburn Golf Club. We have six to give away throughout the weekend. We'll do the drawing on Monday. So a lot of cool things. Uh, thanks to the convention center and uh, thanks to everybody involved. The Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, one of the coolest, biggest events if you're stuck in winterland here um, in the Twin Cities. MinnesotaGolfShow.com. And you can find all of our brand new Score North related programming at ScoreNorth.com. That's S K O R North.com, including new episodes of Touch Em All and a few more twin centric shows we're planning on launching in the future, starting with this one. We're going to call it Five Thoughts, and I think this is going to be a Friday staple, Derek Wetmore. Let's try it. We're going to spin off your wildly successful (laughs) website column, (laughs) and uh, it's going to spin off into a multimedia conglomerate, Five Twins Thoughts on a weekly basis. I don't know. I guess it's nice to be able to control the message, because if you say that it's wildly successful, then I guess you just have to believe it (laughs) and take your word for it. Fake it till you make it, too, is a... Another key phrase here. We that get. is something. So here's my thought for this. You tell me if I'm wrong. I'm just going to – I kind of jotted some notes down here earlier at the uh, Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. I have this notebook paper here. It's like a quarter sheet of here's a topic. We could do a full show on this, but we'll make it a thought today. I'll give you one through five, and no, I'll give you one. We'll talk about it. If you're bored of it, we'll just move on. Okay. We'll go to thought two. So it might be that we spend 30 seconds on one thought. And or 30 a minutes. Half hour on yeah, one. yeah. Okay. That's kind of how my columns go. Sometimes <laughs> it'll be like, here's one thought, and probably this should have been its own column. But here's a second thought. Did you see this funny meme that somebody posted in the seventh inning? <laughs> That's sort of how the five thoughts columns go. Maybe the thought, podcast will be the same. Thought one. Twins manager Paul Molitor was wildly upset with Joe West about a call gone wrong in the seventh inning. Thought two. But nothing really matters. Yeah. <laughs> Existentially. Thought, thought to baseball nihilism. <laughs> uh, all right, let's fire away with thought thought number one. We'll get some production on this at some point. But for today, thought number one. I'm thinking after talking a lot of All-Stars, we will get to that coming up. But I want to talk some prospects because I feel like we haven't done a lot of that this winter. And it helped set the framework for what the Twins are planning. I mean... Realistically, if they thought they were a World Series contender right now, we would be more seriously having this Bryce Harper, this Manny Machado, Dallas Keuchel conversation. But based on their actions over the winter and leading up to this, it's very clear that they have an eye on the future that says, yeah, we want to win some games in 2019, but also let's just make sure we keep our powder dry for when we've got these big prospects coming up. A lot of people, here's thought number one, Phil, 
lot of people talk, and rightfully so, about number one overall pick, Royce Lewis. I think he's going to be a star player in the big leagues. I think he'll be there sooner than later. But not enough people are talking about his contemporary, Alex Kirilov, who I think you could make the case might even be a more impressive prospect at this point. So thought number one is we talk a lot about Royce Lewis. We should be talking about Royce Lewis and Alex Kirilov. Yeah, so so remind me Alex Kirilov's draft place. Uh, he was their first-round pick, but it was two summers ago, and then he missed a year with Tommy John surgery. That's he right. missed an entire year. He had TJ in spring. What was that? 2017. Comes back. Tears a cover off the ball in the low minors in 2018. Sure. So I feel like this happens quite a bit where the higher... So he was a first-round pick, but yep. Royce Lewis was the number one overall pick. Yep. Where the the top draft uh, status guy gets all the attention. Byron Buxton, uh, Miguel Sano wasn't drafted, but another example of, oh, highly touted. They spent $3 million on him in the international free agent signing pool. And so so those are the guys that you focus on. But really, it, it was Eddie Rosario that blossomed first. Sure. And and sort of under the radar. Uh, and I feel like that's, that's probably what's happening here, too, And that if I had to put money on Kirloff or Royce Lewis and you could only pick one for the next 15 years, I would still put money on Royce Lewis. But I think you're right in that we should be viewing them more as equals than, than we currently do. Royce Lewis is a lot more of a household name if you follow Major League Baseball prospects than Alex Kirloff. But their production in the minor leagues would suggest that maybe Kirloff is the step or two further ahead at this point. Yeah. Um, He's I, two years older, too. We should say that. He's 21. Sure. Yep. Royce Lewis is 19. For sure. Um, what I have loved about Royce Lewis in just my limited interactions with him, but more so talking to people who've had a lot of interactions with him firsthand he is 19 or 20 years old going on 30 from a maturity (laughs) standpoint he's charismatic he has leadership qualities when old grizzled baseball scouts talk about makeup and and things like that sometimes i tend to scoff right we're gonna oh makeup jason marquis has great makeup yeah but he's got a four and a half era in the national league i don't care if he has makeup but when we're talking about a 19 or 20 year old with the maturity of someone 10 years older I think that bodes well for his ability to handle any adversity he might face on his way to the major leagues. I think it bodes well for him eventually being a, a leader in a clubhouse. So, um, but, to, but to your original point, yes, those guys are very much 1A and, and 1B, and you can probably interchange them at the top of the Twins. Yeah, man. I mean, Kirilov's 1A for me. If we're talking in those specific terms, here's another thing you like his charisma and his leadership. Here's another thing you ought to like about Royce Lewis. As an 18-year-old, hit 292 with a 352 on base and a 451 slugging. Um, that's between two levels. He was and a Cedar rapper. Bad slump for about yep. five weeks. Which he says he it he's glad is the wrong term, but he said that that was a real tough thing for him to go through. He leaned on his folks at that time that. I'm struggling. This isn't fun. Like I love baseball, and I love coming here every day, but I don't love going over. What should I do? And I believe it was his dad who shared the wisdom with him that maybe this is good for you. I mean, you are still young. He turned 19 in the middle of last summer. I think he's in June, June birthday. You have not had to struggle, but trust me, baseball is a game of failure. You will have to struggle for an extended period of time. This is part of your development. Your development isn't just going two for four every night with two doubles. It's learning to deal with those extended slumps, cataloging them and putting them in the rearview mirror, and then getting three hits the next night. That's that's part of 
coming through the low minor league. So he says that he's more equipped to handle that just sort of mentally now. And I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounds good, and it would help him sort of get to that next level. He also, I, I mentioned his slash line earlier, the 292, 352, 451. He also hit 18, uh, 14 homers between the two levels combined and swiped 28 bags. So he might be the kind of guy who's that sort of all-around player. I haven't seen him play much at shortstop, so I'll hold off judgment on that and just trust what other people are saying about him right now, which is that he got a lot better last year as the year went on. Um, but Kirilov, who's a guy who's going to be a corner outfielder, and you're not necessarily expecting plus-plus glove or plus arm or anything like that, he just absolutely mashed. I did pull up his stats before. So so if we ever if we got into the debate of who the Twins' best prospect is, I'd fall back on <laughs> Kirilov's 2018 stats between Cedar Rapids and Fort Myers. He hit 348. That's absurd. With a 392 on-base percentage and a 578 slugging. Uh, only 20 homers in kind of the shorter season, but the fact is that this is one of the premier mashers in the minor leagues. He's still in the low minor leagues. I'd expect him to maybe open at double A. So he'll open at double A. I would almost expect. That's just a guess. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, does Royce Lewis open at double A or does he go back? He could, or you could start him at high high A Fort Myers and say, just go go prove that you're the best player in this league and we'll have you up by the time you're 20. See, if if either one of those guys starts at double A, I put them officially on 2019 call-up watch. They're yeah. not they're not oh, yeah. it, it would be one of two scenarios. They'd either it would be hey, we're in the race. This guy is tearing the cover off the ball. Call him up in May or June to help you make the playoffs. Or it would be okay, not in the race. September is coming around. Does it make sense on some level to get him some experience? While also weighing the service time issue, but uh, I could see if they start the season at Double A, I could see I could see call up watch. Yeah, so I would just start Royce at the lower level. I wouldn't be afraid to push Kirloff to Double A Pensacola just to start the season. And both of those guys will be in big league camp. So I include them in this five thoughts list because it's going to be fascinating to see. Falvey basically told them both, or, or other people in the organization, Jeremy Zoll, and and on and on through the development said. Hey, congratulations. You're coming to big league camp. Pause, you know, be excited. That's fine. Just so you know, our expectation is not that you make the team. In fact, you won't make the team, but we would like you to be there rubbing shoulders with the Nelson Cruz, with the Miguel Sano, with the Kyle Gibson and Jose Barreos and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that's going to be beneficial for them. And then I can't wait to see where those guys start. All right. Thought number two. Thought number two. Let's see which one should I go with. Oh, you oh, you just have them. I've got you have them uh, labeled. They're like, just dashes. Okay, I've got six thoughts on this paper. I'm trying to figure out. You've, okay, here's we talked about all stars. You're going to leave a thought on the table. I might have to. Yeah, that might. <laughs> with as long as that prospects one went, I think we could do each of these could be their own episode. I want to ask you, Phil, because we we listed. Nine guys who could potentially be all-stars in Cleveland this summer uh, for the all-star game representing the American League. We left out an obvious one. That was just a you know brain fart omission on my part. Nelson Cruz has been to five of the past six all-stars. He's absolutely on the Twins' watch list. Let me ask you, after I just maybe blew the punchline, who is your most likely American League all-star on the Minnesota Twins? Um, I mean, Nelson Cruz, it is funny that we all forgot a room well, full of us forgot about Nelson and, and I should say it's just one of those situations where I couldn't remember if I was trying to get to nine guys or ten guys 
including Williams Astadio. <laughs> and it turns out it was it was nine without Astadio. And so when I included yeah. him, I was, it was just a straight omission on my part. Thank you to the Twitter follower who pointed that out. So I, I would say this. Well, I think it's Nelson Cruz because if you hit if if you're at the All Star break and you've got fifteen or twenty bombs, you're automatically in the mix to be an All Star. So like just with that number alone, and then if average is there and et cetera. Uh, but just one one side note about guys like Nelson Cruz. So the the Major League Baseball peak prime age curve is between twenty five and depending on the research. Some some say it's actually twenty four to twenty nine. I've seen other places it's more like twenty five to thirty or thirty one. But then I feel like there's this other breed. So most players once they get to be thirty, thirty one, thirty two years old, they start to drop off. And by the time they're 38, they're selling insurance or counting their money, and they're just done, right? But then I feel like there's this other breed of hitter, and and it, it you, you can't be a huge strikeout guy to be this breed of hitter. It's the power guy who can hit for average and is also, I think, one of the smarter and wiser guys in a clubhouse. Like, you can't have rocks for brains to, to make it till you're 38 or 39. You've got to have all these different little things. But once you get into your mid-30s, if you still hit for power, it doesn't just go away. Jim Tomey got into his 40s. Okay, obviously you couldn't put a glove on him anymore, but he could hit home runs when he was 40 or 41 years old. David Ortiz hitting home runs, 39, 40 years old. Edgar Martinez, 30, whatever he was, 37, 38, 39 years old. There's just, for whatever reason, there's a certain breed of hitter that once you... It's a little bit like like a crafty lefty, man. You got that breaking ball, and you can pitch until you're 38 or 39 years old if you can mix up speeds, and there's a certain type of hitter. You're not reliant on speed even because it's gone. You're not, reliant, you're not reliant on closing your eyes and striking out 200 times. You can make contact, and Nelson Cruz definitely falls into that category. Yeah, I sh- it'd be fun. We should put another qualifier on this just to make it more interesting. Most likely starter. Because, I mean, the reason we were talking about All-Stars the other day, Phil, with our buddy Rami and Manny, we basically, there was an ESPN Sweet Spot blog that Rami brought to my attention that said, hey, Twins aren't getting much love on this uh, way, way too early All-Star projection. Because let's be honest, it's February, it's too early. It's not too early to talk about the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show or spring training. It's too early to be talking about the Midsummer Classic. Like, like we can just agree on that. But it's fun. And throwing another layer into this conversation is most likely starter could be interesting because we got a little breaking news this morning. Indians superstar shortstop Francisco Lindor strained his calf when he was training and getting ready for spring training. And the Indians Twitter account shared the news officially that he's expected to miss seven to nine weeks. So that wipes him out for all of spring training. And if it goes on the longer end, might miss the first couple of weeks of April as well. So not a huge blow team-wise, but now you're talking about one of the best shortstops in all of baseball starting, what, tax day, basically, and trying to earn his way back to the All-Star game. That's a position I'd watch. Shortstop might be a little light in the American League. Uh, I'm shocked that I'm saying that, but it's just one possibility. And the other one to watch would be second base for me. Of course, you've got Jose Altuve. But beyond that, I mean, Jonathan Scope is the kind of guy who could put himself in that conversation if he's able to prove, you know, demonstrably that 2018 is just a flush it down the toilet year, move on past it, cash in big this upcoming winter in in free agency. I wouldn't be shocked to see Jonathan Scope getting buzz if he puts in the sort of performance he had two years ago instead of last year. Thought number three. Thought number three, I wanted to keep a couple of these 
they have to be sort of twins related and baseball specific. I do have one non-baseball. Do you want to get into that first or should we save that one for the end? No, let's get into it now. Is this a Nancy Pelosi thought? It's not. Okay, I didn't thank you. I didn't come up with that. One. <laughs> uh, we I was actually this is off stage. We were we were backstage at the golf show and I've been hearing this buzz throughout Twitter this week that there are some unpopular movie takes on the staff and then I catch the highlight reel going on at Score North on Twitter that your loyal producer Jonathan Harrison has the worst sports movie take of all time. He a, a, a I say allegedly, and unless there's a wonderful voice actor doing Jonathan's voice to perfection, Jonathan actually said out loud on a microphone that Remember the Titans is an overrated sports movie. Uh, I can confirm. Okay. I, was, I was in the room. So when that said is this. all kinds of disappointing. It's a near fireable take. And it leads we'll me take- to the question. <laughs> Well, Jonathan does a lot of great things. <laughs> well, we'll, that was we'll take not. his entire track record into consideration, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, that's a that's a big hole to from which to dig out. But what is the movie, sports or otherwise, doesn't matter, for which you receive the most flack? Like, what do you take the most flack over this movie take or this movie whatever? I'll give you mine first so you can think about it because I surprised you with I've it. I've got, no, I've, oh, I'm not surprised. Empty the chamber, baby. Let's hear it. Do you want mine? Yeah, let's go. So I've got, I, I, well, two ways. I I get criticized for not having ever seen a Star Wars movie. Sure. I've never seen a Star Wars movie. Okay. I haven't seen the original. I haven't seen any of the eight or nine that have come after it. Or do you want to? I, I, I'm not going to, well, depending on when my time is up, sure. I, I don't plan on dying having not seen a Star Wars movie. You never know. And I think at this point, because you've never seen Major League and a bunch of other movies, which is indefensible, by the way. We can get into that, too. Uh, Rami has never seen Remember the Titans. I want to watch Remember the Titans with Rami. And hopefully he doesn't also share the same asinine opinion that it's overrated. But I think we need that to have brutal. some sort of a separate series. I don't know if it's a separate podcast or if it's just part of like the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show. Or maybe Score North Live with Matthew Collar, where we watch movies in a group. Well, a movie that like we all watch Major League with you. You're onto something. And then we get your takes on Major League for the first time. You guys watch Star Wars with me. Yeah, yeah. And I get to I get to give my takes on Star. Well, Wars. Well, I offered to pay money to a charity to watch Remember the Titans with Rami. So maybe we can turn this into a big thing. This has to be a thing. They're going to do on Score North Live. I'm I'm not. Uh, Hopefully, well, what time is it? I'm not no, they're, spoiling. No, they're this. doing it today. Yeah, so so from two o'clock to four o'clock. So depending on the time you're listening to this podcast, it's probably already happened. You can go find it on the Score North Live with Matthew Collar feed. They are going to. I just didn't want to spoil it. It's kind of their thing to reveal to the public, but I'm going to do it anyways because I'm halfway home. They are going to review each Friday one of the Fast and the Furious movies. So they're going to go through the series over the next what is it? Eight Fridays. Uh, Jonathan Harrison, the aforementioned Wonderkind producer with terrible movie takes, is going to watch <laughs> the the Fast and the Furious. And last night, I, it's been confirmed he watched the first episode and is going to re- he got, he got, he's going to review it. Basically, he lives like he lives like forty miles south of of our office. Yeah. And last night was just gridlock, blizzard, traffic, snownami. Mm-hmm. And so he he didn't get home until nine or nine thirty. <laughs> I'm sure being fired up a fast in the furious. Movie. Absolutely, pop it in. The other take that I get hammered for, and I stand by it. Hey, bulletproof vest mm-hmm. is that Rocky Four is the greatest movie. Well, Rocky Four is my favorite movie. Sure, and I would even argue that Rocky Four is one of the greatest movies 
ever assemble. Yeah. You stole my punchline. I get criticized all the time because I've never seen uh, Major League. I have not seen Bull Durham. And there's another baseball movie that people... I started watching uh, 42 with my grandpa a little while ago. And then I can't remember what it was that I had to peel off of it. But I, I literally only got like 10 minutes into it before I had to... Do you want me to spoil it for you? <laughs> I think I know how the movie ends. But uh, I I want to go back and watch it. So I'll, I'll fire that one up again. But... Uh, yeah, it's just basically that I'm a baseball guy and haven't seen very many baseball movies. But have you have you never? But I get been, crushed so, for that. So Major League, you've never been flipping around. I feel like it's on TV all the time. You've I don't never flip around, around on TV. No, I like watch sports and that's it. Or I'll watch on like what Saturday you mean you don't mornings. Flip around on TV. Well, I'm you not just like surf? no. I'm not just like sitting there on my couch hoping something pops into my consciousness. <laughs> like no one else is in control of what you I'm doing for the next half hour. You haven't lived until you flipped around randomly and stumbled into a bar rescue marathon. Okay, <laughs> okay John right. Taffer just screaming at bar owners. Fair enough. Yeah. No. I mean that's just not my scene. But that's what. That's where I get the most heat is you haven't seen such and such. And then when people, you haven't seen the big Lebowski or you haven't seen old school, people are freaking out and losing their minds. And then they have 10 movie recommendations for me. Okay. So, so at this rate, I'm not sure I'm going to finish the reckless. So let's, so let's assume that, that Derek Wetmore has never seen a baseball movie. Cause we're pretty much starting from that point. You've seen a couple baseball seen movies. Field of dreams. Okay. So field of dreams, both bad news bears. Okay. Wow. Bad news. You've seen Bad News Bears too, but you haven't seen Major League. We yeah, it wasn't that. that good. The original was great. So, uh, so take those off the board. Tweet at us. Give us your top three or top five rankings of baseball movies. We need Derek Wetmore to see yeah. in order this summer. At Derek Wetmore at Phil Mackey on Twitter. You have to also include at Score North, so that if I am sh- ashamed or like embarrassed, and I'm not going to retweet you. Somebody else will have access to that account and can share call. that with the world. Yes. So right, thought, I'm not happy that I put that out there, but here we are. Thought number four. Who is your closer right now, Phil Mackey, if you had to pick? And let's say you're going to go with one. That's fine. You can have a guy who's like your Andrew Miller will jump around. He'll save some games. But Cody Allen's the closer. Who is your ninth inning nail it down closer for the Minnesota Twins starting on March 28th. Uh, remind me the name of uh, uh, the, the dude who they signed who was Blake with the Angels. Parker? Blake Parker is my closer. Right now. Yep. Okay. And I and I don't mean that to say that he's the best reliever. Sure, sure. He's just He's been a closer. He's fine. You can put him out there up two runs, up three runs. You're facing the 5th, 6th and 7th hitters. I want Trevor May. I Taylor Rogers in the second half showed you something. I want Trevor May and Taylor Rogers to be roaming around in the seventh through ninth innings, sure. Regardless of what the score and the situation is, I, I want those guys to just be yeah at the ready. I think that is going to be Rocco Baldelli's strategy. I I literally have not spoken to him about this yet, so I'm making this up. But based on his background, based on the managers and coaches that he's worked with and worked under in his previous employment, I just think that he is going to. Well, okay, every day he wakes up and who are my these guys play catch, it's maybe four fifteen. Who is just out? Well, this guy pitched two innings last night, okay, he's just a scratch. Or this guy's pitched three out of the last four. I'm not gonna use him. But these are the six relievers that I have today. And then he's gonna use guys like you just mentioned. Trevor May, Taylor Rogers, maybe Fernando Romero works his way into that mix or like something weird happens and Alberto Mejia is one of those guys where he's just like hunting matchups and scores. So if it's the sixth inning, but your two, three, four hitters are coming up, 
or the the number nine guy gets on, leadoff hitter draws a walk in a one-run game, I'm worried about that situation. Yeah. That could change the entire game. That's when he's going to deploy his best relievers. With all of that said, right now I think Taylor Rogers is my closer. I've, I think I feel okay about lefty depth. I'm going to be fine hunting matchups and guys who can only get lefties out. And I think Taylor Rogers can do it from both sides and in high-pressure situations. And he's, uh, yeah, I just think he hasn't really done it a whole lot before, but I think he's more than capable of doing it right out of the gate. One thing I've never really, well, I, I, I guess I understand it, but I've never understood the, the, the teams don't try to find a solution to this until recently. This whole notion that, well, pitchers need to know when they're coming into a game, it's a psychological thing. They just want to know when they're coming into a game. And uh, and they they can't function mentally if they don't know exactly when they're going to, like what, I'm, I'm the ninth inning guy, and they want to know their roles, right? And, and, and I get that that's the way that it always was from the 70s until the last five years or so. But if you know that saving your best reliever for an end-of-game situation that A, might never happen... And B, if it does happen, you might have a three-run lead anyways, and it's the bottom of the order, and now you're just like throwing your guy out there and wasting him when, when any reliever could get out of that situation. Sure. Why wouldn't you try from from a, a minor league systematic uh, point of view all the way up to change that, right? And I think teams are now. I think if if the problem was, well, pitchers need to know their roles, and the solution is, well, you need to have pitchers who are a lot more role agnostic, if you will, and just sure. be willing to come in any time from the 6th to the ninth inning. You should start ingraining that into them from the day they sign a contract. And I know teams are starting to do that now where, okay, we might need you to open a game in yeah. the first inning. The we Twins might need are doing to come that. in the 6th inning, right? But if you, see, yeah, if you start with 18 to 22-year-old pitchers in the minor leagues and you say, listen, in our system, in our organization, you might come in in five different slots. You might come in... To start, you might come in after an hour. You might come in after two hours. It might be three hours until you come in. And let's figure out how to get you ready physically and mentally for that without burning you out and without throwing you into a fit of anxiety. For all of those spots. Yeah, if you're in single A, you might pitch the first inning. If you're a starter or they're stretching you out to be a 200-inning guy or whatever, 220, you might keep going. But if you're a reliever or you're... Hey, this would be interesting if you need to spot some guys some innings. Say, eighteen-year-old kids never pitched this many professional innings in his life. Just have them open on this turn, and then take, save the rest of those bullets. That's fine. Now just do your running tomorrow and be ready to come in in three days. I think that there's going to be a lot of things played around with in the minor leagues. The Twins are certainly doing that. They're playing with the opener. I'm going to be curious to see if they stretch any of these guys out for multi-inning stints, or if that's something you can do over the course of a summer, like. I don't need Trevor May to prove to me that he can throw three innings in February. doesn't matter to me. But is that the kind of thing you'd love for him to do in October if you're lucky enough to be in that position? Yeah, I'd, I'd like that to be an option. I don't know how the balance of workload plays out, but I'm sure the Twins have smarter people than me factoring all that stuff in and figuring out what does a workload plan look like over the summer? Does it help a guy if we give him five days off in July? Does... Someone like Taylor Rogers benefit from being sort of pigeonholed in that one inning role, or is he a guy we could go ask him to get five outs, the first five guys in the Astros batting order? I don't have any of those answers, but those are the questions that the Twins should be asking right now. And thought number five. 
thought number five, I had a couple options, Phil. I'm going to go with I can't believe you're going to leave a thought on the table. This is for another podcast. This is absolutely making an appearance when I'm in Fort Myers and you guys are back in the frozen tundra. By the time a lot of people listen to this, uh, if you're listening early the week of February 11th, Derek is in Fort Myers then, if you're listening on February 11th. Yep. Very exciting. I still have not purchased sunscreen. I'm trying to decide if I want to try to get that through TSA or just buy it down there. I think I'll probably just buy it down there. Well, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to need more than the the travel size, anyways. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> you've seen to, those to fill your entire bathtub. You're gonna need more. A sixty four ounce <laughs> bottle of Coppertone. Yeah, sir, you can't bring that on the plane. <laughs> I saw someone do that once with a jug, a gallon of water. Love it. They carry. It was one of those. I hope it wasn't li- a full gallon. It was a workout, bro. Yeah, it was probably a half gallon, maybe a third gallon. And he, it was one of those dudes that carries the gallon. Around Gotta stay hydrated. God. Gotta stay and hydrated. And he's like right. He's walking up to give his ID and the boarding pass to TSA and he's holding this jug and they said sir you have to throw that away he's he gonna goes, do he goes can I just drink it <laughs> gulp, gulp, yep. gulp. well what you didn't see is he got through put his sandals back on and did some a set of body weight squats on the other side he did a wall sit he's yeah. ready to go uh so I'm gonna save I'm gonna save this one for the next episode let's just jump into this because I think it's I think it's quick I really only have two guys on this list yours might go longer I wrote down the names of Twins players that I expect to bounce back. And I underlined the word expect there in the middle of the page. Okay. I expect these guys to bounce back. Of course, we can make the case that Byron Buxton will have a better year. That's great. But you could also just as passionately make the case that this guy ain't going to make it in the big leagues. Now, I tend to side on the front end of that. I think he's going to be a star in the big leagues, but... It's it's not exactly beyond the shadow of a doubt at this point. Two guys on the Twins roster that will not only make the club out of spring training, but I fully expect to bounce back. Jonathan Scope, I think he contribute last year to injuries, and Michael Pineda, who's a guy that we don't really talk about. Yeah. And it's a little disappointing that he got hurt at the end of the year, and now you're questioning multiple injuries, the TJ and the knee. I'm, it makes me a little worried about that hashtag take. But I think that he's the kind of guy who could, uh, if it all goes well for him, I saw him at Twins Fest, he still looks like a beast. If it goes well for him, he's one of those guys that I expect to get back to his form in a Yankees uniform. Man, that's he is such an interesting case here because at one point he was one of the best pitchers in baseball for a year, but it was six years ago and it was multiple surgeries ago. And I don't think the expectation can be he'll go back to being one of the ten best starting pitchers in the American League like he was in Seattle for a minute. But um, but that's that's probably one of the top three names that I would be curious to keep tabs on in spring training. Sure, just to yeah. see. Okay, what look what kind of gas does this guy have left in the tank? And if you're talking about just stuff, he's up there, man. He is up there, and I'm curious to see him in the Twins. Um, oh, what do you call it? incubator's the wrong word, but like the twins' brain power applied to pitchers. Hey, how do you fix this guy? The new oh, twins' brain power that's right. applied to pitchers. Hey, uh, Taylor Rogers having a tough time with his changeup, and as a result, writers are getting to him. What should we do? Oh, can he throw a slider? Well, he hasn't, but of course he throws hard, and we could show him the grip. Yeah, teach him a slider. That should work. Yeah. Boom. Lights out. Untouchable. One of the best relievers in the American League down the stretch. That sort of thing, I'm curious to see if that can be replicated. Can that be multiplied across an entire staff? And if it can, I'd say watch out for a guy like Michael Pineda. Yeah. Um, a little little birdie told us that 
Theo Epstein has actually reached out to Derek Falvey on occasion to ask his thoughts on developing pitching. So like, when I hear nuggets like that, I think I know it hasn't fully come to fruition with the entire organization yet, but the Twins have a guy running the show that should be able to turn the pitching around here to take guys like Michael Pineda, to take guys like, um, what's his name, this this uh, Martin Perez sure. uh, from Texas that they just signed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And turn him into something. That there's, yeah. that's not just, they're not just throwing darts at a, at a wall blindfolded. That there's something there. Who am I missing on that list? Those are the guys that I'm well, expecting. I, w- I, I put Byron Buxton on that list. Okay. But I also acknowledge that, sure. all right, if you told me, yeah, this dude's just going to be a bust, would I die on the hill of, no, he will not? Not at this point. I wouldn't right. die on that hill. I still think Byron Buxton can be a six-time All-Star and can win a bunch of gold gloves and can be one of their best overall contributors for for however many years. Um, so no on that list for you? No. Yeah? Not expect. Right. Like full, fully expect. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know, man. That's a, when, you put, when you put that parameter on it, Jonathan Scope is the one that stood out to me for sure. sure. Yeah. And, and that, this, this is where I know I'm being Pollyanna here. But if you start to look at the Twins position players and Nelson Cruz as a DH, and you just take the last three seasons of sample and pick out their peak year in the last three years, and we're talking like Scope got MVP votes, Nelson Cruz, All-Star, Eddie Rosario, All-Star, mm-hmm. Miguel Sano hit, what, 28 bombs in a partial season. Byron Buck, if, if everyone performs to the degree that they've shown they're capable of at some point the last three years, which isn't likely, don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, non-zero, but, yeah, not, but yeah. not likely. Yeah, We're talking about a pretty nice set of, of position players and a nice lineup for the Twins, yeah. potentially. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll see. I, I think I had to have scope at the top of that list, and um, here's the one I'll save. Do you want me to tease it? Sure. Front seller. For sometime this upcoming week? Sometime in the next... Oh, you know how I do projections. So we'll do this in the next one to 12 episodes of okay. the Touch Em All, of the Touch Em All or the Score North Twins shows. Guys that right now are um, zero to six service time, so pre free agency players that I would sign tomorrow to a contract extension. And I have five of them that I would do for the Twins. Of course, the price has to be right. You're not just going to waltz in there and give $100 million to Kyle Gibson. But there are a number of guys that I would say, right now, do you want to commit to this thing long-term and into your free agency? We'll make you a rich man just as soon as you sign this paper. All right. That's coming up sometime within the next three to four weeks of Score North Twin Shows. Uh, That's a wrap for this episode, the first ever Five Thoughts episode. Five Thoughts going multi-platform. It's exciting. Uh, I'm Phil Mackey. That's Derek Wetmore. And just in case, if you're if you've made it to the end, we assume that either you fell asleep or you really enjoy listening to the show, or and both, it, and or or both. Could Maybe you both. fell asleep for a while and you woke up and we're still in your ears. Um, just just to over-explain things here, as of January of 2019, 1500 ESPN is now Score North. That's S K O R North and ScoreNorth.com. And we hope that maybe you'll enjoy some of our other shows that you can find on demand at scorenorth.com or live weekdays on AM15 Radio between noon and 7, the Score North mobile app, which you can find on Android and Apple devices. But we have all kinds of shows, Purple Daily, Purple Podcast with Matthew Collar and Sage Rosenfels, Mackie and Judd with noted baseball enthusiast slash nut Rami Maklov. Uh, Score North Live with Matthew Collar. Touch them all. Raised by Wolves. The Scoop with Doogie. Myron Medcalf on Hoops. Roycey Unchained. 
and all kinds more. And also, we just went over 500 followers on Instagram, very starting exciting. from zero a few weeks ago. It's very exciting. We appreciate it. If you are also on Instagram or any of the social media platforms, but uh, Instagram is the one that we've, I think we've, we started from scratch for a reason. We had to go back we, to zero. <laughs> the 1500 ESPN Instagram account was mostly, it still lives, it's just, it's just dormant. It's mostly just like pictures from events and stuff, and we wanted to class it up a little bit. So um, you can follow us on Instagram, just at Score North, S-K-O-R North. Thanks for listening.